Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. Welcome in, College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott. We have a, I think, Chris, a really fun show tonight. Let me bring in Chris Petroselli, our other co-host. I'm looking forward to tonight's show for sure. Yeah, no, it should be fun. we got some uh, some big topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, great guest and Jen Klein from Michigan. Um, big Power Five. Big Power yes, Five. Yes, power Five is getting five. kind of controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so let's start there real quick. So let's make this clear, okay? And this is where I think our listeners struggle. The Power Five, and this is where I struggle with you, Chris. The Power Five, whatever the topic, and the topic this week is top five actors. So it's who Matt Ma thinks are the top five actors. Not who are the top five actors by Rolling Stone or who, because that's where where you cheat. You pick, you go to Rolling Stone or you go to whoever and you pick the top five. So that's going to obviously be what the masses want. So you're going to win a lot of the times where mine is actually my top five. There's no way that you are listening to the Beatles on a normal basis. I I told you that I do listen to the Beatles. I I flip it on. I'm like, oh, I do. When was the last time you listened to a YouTube channel? Uh, A YouTube channel? Yeah, you know, I don't even know that there is one. Yeah, there isn't one. I was trying to trick you. Anyway, <laughs> so um, but but this it's your you're list still, you're still you list. are bitter about this one. You are I'm really, not really bitter no, about I'm this not, one. I'm not. You All just right, can't so, give it up. Uh, what well, uh, you want to introduce our new exciting part to the show? Yeah, how about this? We uh, we have a new logo. Uh huh. Um, we if if you remember our old, old logo, it was a soccer ball with a graduation <laughs> cap on it, yeah. and that's still part of our logo. Yes, yeah, so oh, we remember we remember our roots, Chris. We remember yes. our roots. Yes. Now we have a caricature. A caricature uh, glad you said both that of us, me. right? Uh-huh. So let's do this. Yeah. Why don't you describe the caricature of me? And I'll describe the caricature of you. <laughs> How about that? Okay, I think you. If anybody watches The Office and you see Creed. That's what you look like. <laughs> the guy, <laughs> no, you're a little bit, a little bit, look a little older, wiser. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Skinny, very yeah. skinny. Yeah, uh, that's what I got. White hair, very white hair. Okay. And for you, first of all, you have these dark eyes, like these mean-looking eyes. It's like, you know, we talk about angry Matt. Like in the mm-hmm. eyes, it has this angry Matt look to it. Oh, you it's know? tough. It's tough eyes. I got tough it, eyes. It is. And then yeah, tough guy. There's the, the beard. Uh-huh. That is a little again. We got controversy with the beard, right? Because yeah. the beard is yeah. is kind of gray. And and what happened at home this week with your beard? What happened? Didn't you tell me that your wife and your daughter told oh, you yeah. to yeah. yeah. color your beard? <laughs> yes, they want they want me to color my beard. I won't do it. But yeah. what's what's not right in the in the thing? And we can do a poll on this. If we want. My hair is much darker than than it looks in the caricature. <laughs> it caricature. is. I will say that it's a lot darker. But so, hey, that's you know, fine. It looks as good. you're as people are now downloading the uh, the show, mm-hmm. they can take a look at at the caricature and 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 it's it's supposed to be funny. Like when we mm-hmm. when I we first sent it out and we sent it out to a select group of people yes. and they loved it because it made fun of us. Right. Let's and, keep uh, it real. Brian Lee's still laughing about yeah, it. Still laughing. And maybe he, he loved it. Yeah. He his loved opinion it. on it for yeah. sure. So it, it, you know, again, the show for us is, is about having fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think this reflects that. Well, and you know, what's interesting is the show's growing. Uh, Derek was a huge, a huge draw for us. Great first week. And we're, you know, we're pushing 4,000 people. Uh, I think Jen yeah. Klein uh, will, will kill it. Uh, cause she's so, yeah. so good and so popular. But, um, so as we reach 4,000, you know, it's at the point, you know, be everybody wants opinions. Everybody wants to give us a bit like beeps today was yelling at me. We should do this and we should do that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we get it from all, all walks of life. You should cover this topic. And so That's I right. think, I, I think we should, maybe it's time to take app, applications for interns. Intern, want inter- intern with the show, yeah. Intern. Maybe we some can get an intern, yeah. Yeah, maybe a young some young writer out there that wants yeah. to 
yeah. listens to the show and thinks they could help, maybe we could get interns. Okay. I also think that that from now on, when anyone tells us, well, you should do this or you should do that, we need to tell them that they need to put it in writing, mm-hmm. send in the, the request, send it into, yep. you know, we have the emails for the show, send them yep. into to the emails and we will consider their requests, but only if they're in writing. We will not consider that's right. anything that's not in writing. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Two other quick things before we get to it. Uh, football playoffs. Good for one of us, not good for the other. Well, yes. My uh, bills, my bills were victorious. Yeah, I want to talk about your bills. Okay, yeah, sure, great team. They're doing really good. They are. They are. And here's the thing: like, there's only been one time in my life if I ever cared what the Bills did, and that was when the Giants played them in the Super Bowl. Other than that, I could care. I I don't care about. I don't even know what they do. I don't even know who they are. Right. Nothing to do with them. And now, all of a sudden, right, mm-hmm. on Saturday, I turn on the TV, and the Bills are playing. Yeah. And I find myself cheering against them only because you want them to win. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only awful. reason why. That's now awful. I care about I was, the Bills. I want them to lose. I was cheering for the Saints. I was cheering for the Saints. I was that's cheering for the Browns. That's different. That, that's that wrong, a, Chris. That was a different situation. That, we discussed that. that that's that's wrong. Uh, the Giants were I mean, on you've been, been, you've been a Bills fan for eight days. Seven, eight days. Today's your eighth. Today's your eighth. Uh, pretty good, though, aren't they? We're still rolling, baby. Let's go. Are, oh, and if Mahomes ain't playing, you're in big trouble. I mean, if Mahomes ain't playing, Bills well, are I'll be for Kansas City. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. And then I have one other thing. So we're struggling. We off air. We've struggled with how we close out the show. So yeah. I want to have a new out, like a new a new way out. So I've I've been running by a couple of these. And I want to I want to sh- throw a couple to you. Oh, what God. if I say? <laughs> I feel like you should say something this like. <laughs> what if I say something like College Soccer Nation? Keep kicking. See you next week. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> All right, that's good. Let's let's move on. It's a good thing this is a video. Oh god, that was funny. Thank you, Derek. All right, right. I gotta breathe. That was good. So so I guess you don't go with that. Is that, is that, is that when you, I don't know. Like I haven't heard the other ones. I, I, you know, I'm gonna say. I say that. Oh, sorry. I apologize to our listeners. Oh God, we may have to edit some of that out. Anyway, all right. Um, let's go on. Are we ready for Brian? Ready for Brian? Segment two. Whew, I catch my breath here. All right. Two main minutes with the big deal. We ready for that, Chris? Uh, we are ready for Brian. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's do it, Brian. You made me laugh, Brian. When you turned your head down, it just set me off. So anyway, Ep- Brian, episode eighteen, episode yeah. eighteen, minute eight, college soccer nation hits rock bottom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding off with Keith uh, kicking. <laughs> I'll get it started so again. <laughs> but between that uh, and the logo, you really got something. <laughs> that that's what did it. <laughs> All right, Chris, go ahead. What do you got for our boy? All right, Brian. Oh. Uh, let's talk about the draft, right? Yeah. The NWSL draft uh, just uh, completed last week. Uh, any anything pop in your head after watching it? Well, the first thing that popped in my head was, "Whoa, that took a while." The, the <laughs> yeah, first what did the first round take? Two hours. Um, yes, and yeah. usually it drops during the day, which is really my wheelhouse. You get much past like eight nine o'clock at night. It's tough for me to hang in there. You're done. And yeah. You're uh, done. yeah. But it, you know, in terms of the way it fell, it's so it's the hardest draft to uh, to navigate in in a normal year. And now we've got this NCAA rule where the kids can stay in the spring and even in the fall and still get drafted. We really have no idea if you if you think about evaluating that draft. Half the kids we don't know when they plan on joining their NWSL team. Um, is yeah. the biggest thing to me out of the gate. Um, but I, I found it super interesting. You know, when you go through the recruiting process and with all of us working with ODP, some of the kids you know or maybe you coached along the way and uh, makes makes it even that much more interesting um, to me. Yeah, for sure. What stood out for to you? Sure, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought uh, I thought Portland had a, a, did a did a pretty good job. You know, they made a trade. They got Yaz in the first round. You guys know how how I felt about her, and I think some of their later round picks were were good. I, I thought Portland had a good draft. I thought again, Rory was all over it, and um, and Chicago looked good. And, and why we're on Chicago, Matt? How about yes. Channing Foster yes. being drafted? Yeah, super excited for um, you know she deserves it. She's um, you know, our hardest working player, I think that, you know, I think you have a chance to be successful when, when one of your top players is your harder, your top players, your hardest working players. And she's such a great kid and, you know, has history with, with the Eclipse in Chicago. She played for them and played for Rory. So she knows what she's getting into. Um, but just a, a wonderful, wonderful kid. Super happy for her. She, her teammates love her. Our, our, our town of Oxford loves her. Um, Chicago's getting a real good one and, and is going to do, I think, a great job for him. Looking forward to making the team. But the great thing for us is she's coming back. She's going to come back and play in the spring and play next fall. You know, again, super academic kid. She got, she's already graduated with her, her bachelor's, and now she's going to get out of here next uh, January with an MBA. Um, so super excited and, and really thrilled that, that Chicago drafted her. How about this kid, right? I mean, she's, uh, she's going to end up with an MBA. Uh, and then go play professional soccer, right? Yeah. And yeah. then after she's done with that, she can go. I think she's in accounting, right? She'll yeah. go work for Deloitte or somebody like that, and obviously be super successful. So what a what a great story, huh? Well, and let me say this too, and think about her path. I mean, she was she was an up and comer on that Eclipse team as a sophomore, and then took a really bad injury where she had to get that micro fracture surgery, which takes really, really long time. And, 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 you know, all the big schools kind of dropped her and, and, um, and I saw her down in Disney. Actually, if you remember, Chris, you were watching the game and I said, Hey, watch this I number 12 or whatever. And you're like, Oh, she's, she's good, man. You need to come watch her. So I came over and watched her. She, um, you know, we brought her in and, and it was really late and we were able to get her and, and then she's turned herself into a pro player by how hard she's, she's worked in her dedication. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great story, without question. For sure. Chris, give me um, your best pick of the draft. Again, I think it's I think it's Yaz. I, 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 to me, Yaz could be – she could be the best player out of, uh, out of all of them, right? I mean, we, we don't know – you know, Trinity Rodman's a good example. Like, mm-hmm. what upside? I mean, fantastic up, upside. But we don't know what's going to happen with her. We don't, we don't know – Shoot, even how long she's going to play here in in the U.S. Right? I mean, um, I, and and look, you know, Fox and and some of these guys are they're all really good players. But I just I I I feel like you know with the versatility that that Yasmin has and uh, the athletic ability that she has and just this calm demeanor that she has, I, I think she's going to make a great pro. How long will she stay? She, you think? Sorry, Ryan. Oh, no. She'll play. She'll, she'll stay. She'll, how long yeah. is she going to stay in college? No, how long is she going to stay? I don't know what her plan No, how long was she staying in the NWSL or where she looked to go overseas? I, I see her being a, a longtime player in the league. You know, what, um, what's interesting to me on Yaz is she's got a little flair to her that for the right European team and right European system, she could really turn somebody's eye. Uh, even more than she would stateside, you know, and generate some interest if she goes in the league and and does really well. She does, you know, and uh, you know the the NWSL is a, a is a very athletic league, right? Mm-hmm. And and the athletes tend tend to dominate the league, and she's certainly very athletic, um, but she does have that technical ability and that flair that kind of sets her apart. And you are right that you know taking a player like that to Europe. If you if you take a player like that to Europe, um, you know when you take a player to Europe, most of the, most of the players in Europe you're going to play against aren't going to be as athletic as somebody like her. Now they'll be, you know, great soccer players, but she's got the ability to really dominate, you know, in a number of different countries. Yeah, I think so too. Be interesting. Yeah. We had a um, Brian. You and I had a conversation at some point earlier in the week about. Um, all of these conditions that leagues are now coming up with on, um, okay, well, what would it take to cancel a game? Right. Yeah. We talked about how many players and goalkeepers and coaches and all this kind of stuff. And 
Uh, I just wanted to visit that, revisit that a, a little bit. Um, what's your take on some of this? My take is um, COVID is a certainly serious pandemic in the U.S. and I've got uh, and across the whole world, but I've got all kinds of time for uh, legislative stuff that helps the games happen. But the the player limitations, and they're a bit copycat to me to start with. Once Power Five teams came out with them, a lot of smaller schools or smaller conferences see those lists, and okay, do we want to do fourteen or fifteen players eligible? Um, or you have to have available. But for me, there, there's some parts to it that are that are interesting. You know, the, the whole idea of a number of players available to start with, if you have 11, kind of think you should try and play a low-pressure game and see what you yeah. can do, sit in a low block, find your moments to rest and coach them up. If you don't have a goalkeeper available, they all have this little qualifier of, uh, and, and have one goalkeeper available. Well, about eight years ago, Wake Forest lost both goalkeepers, only carried two. And I want to say the one they, the field player they put in made second team all ACC. And she hadn't yeah. played it, you know, before, but she certainly had a good season. So I don't, I don't agree with all that legit, that piece of the legislation with it. You know, I certainly think if you have COVID related, uh, and don't have enough players available, sure, postpone the game or try and make it work. And we're all, you know, we're all going to be collegial about that. It's not going to be a forfeit. But I do think it it allows um, for some coaching, uh, maneuvering for the game we're playing late in the season. What effect does this have on the standings? Where will we finish if we don't play this game? You know, it says 15 players available, but none of them say it has to be all COVID. So come the end of a college season, how many kids you got on your injury report that are, you know, yeah. however you do it, they're in yellow on your injury report. Yeah. So modified. Yeah. Well, does modified mean they, they don't yeah. play? They're not full strength. And maybe one right. kid plays modified and another doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it leaves a lot for that. And I, I just don't – college coaches everywhere, we, we don't get in this because we're not competitive – so, and certainly some people are competitive with a great ethical code and some people are co- just competitive. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it leaves that out there. Uh, but in, in the end, it's going to be to each of us to do it our way. I, I, I told our team, we've started practice and I said, hey, we have 27 people on the team, a little bigger roster than normal, but there's going to be rules for number of players available. If we fall below it, um, we're going to try and play. So we have three goalkeepers and one of our little sessions of practice, we had two other kids playing goal because we get 13 chances to play, maybe 16 with our conference tournament. Yeah, and we're going to do everything we possibly can to play all those games, regardless of which player is playing in the game or, or how many we got available as long as we have 11 to suit up. You know, this so is I, a, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on this. I, it wasn't long ago, and maybe four or five years ago, we lost. You know, we had two goalkeepers. We lost both of them, um, and put a field player in a goal, and and played. I don't know, eight eight games or something like that with uh, with a field player in a goal, and uh, and it wasn't just maybe just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we took. I don't know, maybe 18 players on a, on a trip where we were playing Cincinnati on, on a Thursday in East Carolina on, on Sunday. And uh, by the time we got to the East Carolina game on Sunday, we had 13 players. Um, I had three subs on the bench. We didn't cancel the game, right? <laughs> we played the game. Um, so I get it. Like you, you don't want to, pl- you, you want to cancel the game if COVID is an issue in the team and it's going to spread to the other team and all of that kind of stuff, the game should be canceled. But just because you're down numbers, I don't know that I'm totally on board with just canceling games. Well, I think the the piece here that we need to remind people that are listening that don't know, everybody got a free year, right? Everybody gets to come back. So, you know, it's, it's, they should be able, they should try and play. I, I agree. And, but if they don't, it's not like they're losing out. Um, because everybody gets that year back. So every, all of this is a bonus. Every game you play, in my eyes, is a bonus. 
and and then we'll we'll hopefully kick it back up next year normally. I couldn't agree anymore. And some of these schools have, I mean, I don't want to, the biggest schools have fifty two thousand students. So we in a, even in Conference USA, we have some schools that have twenty two thousand students. So if half of them are female, and we get down to twelve players, and I'm at one of those schools, put up some little signs around campus and send an email out to the student body that says anybody ever played soccer before. And in two days you can have them eligible and have a uniform because the uniform says rice. It doesn't say, you know, rice soccer team recruited by Brian, a rice student can play for rice and we can try and make it work. Steep, Brian, it's steep. It is deep, but it would be interesting how many, it'd be interesting to see how many end up getting, uh, canceled right because we have had yeah. we're seeing it in basketball a lot now and again and, and we've talked about this before basketball is different but um there are there have been a lot of games canceled and it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing rolls out absolutely the intake with kids coming back from christmas break has been rough everywhere i'm not sure i know a coach that hasn't had one or two positives as the kids came back in yeah 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 all right, Brian. So, Brian, what about NFL uh, Sunday? Your Tampa Bay Bucks are still moving on. My my Bills are moving on. Give me your picks for the weekend. Well, what's the Super Bowl going to be? Well, to start with, my Tampa Bay Bucks beat my New Orleans Saints, so I really couldn't lose. Yeah, that what a one, surprise! That's like I, I that's do, like a Chris deal right there. That. Usually, that's that's normally his deal. But anyway, what do you got yeah. for the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I am rolling. When the playoffs started, I liked Bucks Bills. And oh. that's what I want to see. First, first uh, home team. Do you have any buddy that can back up you pick Bills Bucks for the Super Bowl? I don't know. I probably told you at some point. I would like no, to think you think remember. You yeah, it was probably while you were you adopting your uh, your fandom. I think they. I, <laughs> it was well before he adopted his fandom. <laughs> what are you talking about? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. <laughs> Um, all right, Brian, thank you very much. Uh, we got, I got, right, thanks, Brian. Yeah. I got one last thing. Yep. You, as yeah. you know, I might. Well, it's two last things. When you're trying to recruit an intern, you think Biebs has enough time to join College Soccer Nation as well? <laughs> He's not going to be an intern. Yeah, I said a writer, somebody that can write. Biebs can't write. <laughs> oh, good Biebs. point. Good point. He yeah. failed the resume. And yeah. then number two, I can't wait to listen to Jen. I, I, I think, um, very few coaches a get the opportunity, but B are successful everywhere they go yeah. um, on and off the field and everywhere they leave. People just speak the world of them. And I think this is one of our brightest young coaches, uh, certainly young compared to the three of us uh, yes. in the country. So looking forward to hearing her path and seeing what she's got to say. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Okay, been looking forward to this one, Chris, bringing in uh, Jen Klein from the University of Michigan, uh, doing a great job up there. And uh, Jen, welcome to College Soccer Nation. Happy to be here. I'm glad I uh, got the invite to come and join you guys. Yeah, well, we've, we've talked about you for a while. We thought maybe as it got closer to the spring, we'd get you on and find out what's going on up in the uh, in the great white north. But first, as we do with all of our, our guests, Jen, can you walk us through kind of your path to Michigan? So obviously we know it's been very decorated, but um, certainly give us kind of your coaching background and, and how you got going, all that kind of stuff, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no problem. Um, I mean, I started out in uh, Arizona. That's where I went to school, University of Arizona. Uh, stayed on after graduating and was a volunteer assistant um, coaching club in, in Tucson. Um, and then uh, met Kat Mertz at a ODP um, region four um, camp and she needed an assistant coach and uh, you know, I was available. Um, it worked out great. So started my full-time assistant uh, under Kat Mertz at UNLV I was there for five years, three years as an assistant, uh, two years as a head coach. Um, and actually, Kat left and, and went with uh, Chris over at Texas, so have a connection to Chris. But when Kat left, I took over the program. I was actually the youngest Division One head coach in the country uh, when I took over. Um, I got hired, I think, a day after my birthday, so I was uh, 25, turning 26. Um was there for two years and then um, 
moved up to Washington State, went back to be an assistant with uh, Kadani McAlpine, um, reached out to me. He was looking for somebody that knew the West Coast. And so went up there, spent a stint with him. Um, I think we were there two, two seasons. And then he got the job at USC. Again, traveled with him. Um, was there for... Four years, um, won a national title with him, and then uh, came to Michigan. So I've, this will be my third year, third season um, here uh, with the Wolverines. Impressive, it's yeah. Impressive. I mean, it's very, a, very. It's a quick, it's a quick rise for sure, but well deserved, <laughs> uh, no Thank doubt. You. Um, you know, you you certainly have, uh, have put the work in and put yourself in in a great situation, and um, I've. I followed your path, uh, along the way. And, um, it's certainly at all of the stops, you know, you've, you've been quite successful. Um, one of the things that stood out to me when, when I was, um, looking through your bio was, um, how young you had to be when you got your A license, right? I mean, first of all, it's hard to get an A license, um, how, so how old were you first when you got your so, A I was, let's see, I'm trying to think back because I took it on the West, I took it on the East Coast. I flew to Boston to take it. I was one of two women that was taking it. I was still at UNLV, so I was still early 20s. Um, yeah, I, I actually started my coaching licenses when I was still in college. So yeah, I would... Right go up on the weekends from Tucson to Phoenix. I started with my, my D and, um, that was like a two weekend course. So I would go up on the weekends during the spring and take my licenses. Um, did my, uh, my D and everything like while I was still in college. And then once I graduated, I actually went over to the NSC at the time, bounced over to my, my C and kind of went back and forth between the two, programs and then I uh, got my A. So yeah, awesome. I was really young when I started. Yeah. You were young. And, and also you mentioned it, like, I'm sure you said there were two women in your, in your A license course. Like, um, that's not a, it's, it's not a female friendly environment, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. And you're also like when you're the, the, when you're young and you're female, they expect you to play a lot. So it was yeah. like, I, at times those courses were way more grueling than a preseason in, in college. <laughs> like it was like, Oh, you're the young one. Yeah. You got to play in every session and do everything. And it was also, you kind of had to prove yourself too. So it was like, if you could keep up with everybody, it, it just allowed for you to kind of create a little easier path getting through the course. Sure. Do you feel that, um, you know, through, obviously you've taken a number of courses and if you've done both, you know, both the, uh, what's now the United Soccer Coaches and and the U.S. Soccer Licensing, I mean, how valuable were they and are they now still as, you know, as you're, as you're training your team? Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started out, it was, I found them very valuable. It really showed me structure. You know, when you're, when you're a player and you're going in, you're just showing up to a practice and you're going through the sessions and you're not necessarily really thinking through the work that goes into the planning of a session and the thought of, um, you know, kind of the, the bigger picture, not just going out and playing. So I thought really early on in my career, it was very helpful of how do you structure a session? How do you, create almost a periodization over a bigger picture and, you know, being a young player that just got done playing, it was very helpful. Um, you know, at the time I thought my B was way more valuable than my A. A lot of it I think had to deal with the, um, the instructors and the people that I had in my course. Um, the A was fine. I guess I, I expected a bit more out of it when I went in, I, um, was anticipating a lot more discussion on formations and, you know, playing this first, that. And uh, at the time, that's just not what the structure was. I will say currently right now I'm, I'm a mentor within the She Champions mentorship within the U.S. soccer uh, licenses where they've paired um, all the um, women candidates in the A youth and the A senior with a mentor. And so I'm a mentor with um, – a candidate that's going through the A youth and the courses seem to have changed 
a lot. Like, <laughs> I mean, the work that they are having to do, the, um, the game modeling, the uh, game analysis, all of that is drastically different from when I took my A. And even just now being a mentor and having to hear what they're going through, I'm picking up a few things that are like, oh, okay, good to think about. But it seems drastically different from when I took my A. Yeah. And, and obviously over time they improve and, and, uh, and change and we learn different things. And, um, and I, I mean, if it's different from when you took it, could you imagine what it's like from when I took it, you know, back in the stone age <laughs> where they used the soccer balls back then? Chris? <laughs> yeah. They had to tie them, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Jen, so, you know, as we sit here talking to three of us, there's, you know, four national championships between the three of us. I don't have any, but the two of you both have them. Uh, but, um, tell us, you know, we, we had Kidani on a few weeks ago. He was great. Uh, but tell us, what that was like going into USC, then really quickly turning around and then all the way up to, to winning the national championship, which was just such a great run for you guys. And, and talk us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, it was um, going into the program. I think, you know, myself, Kidani, obviously leading the charge and then uh, Jason Lockhart. Um, we knew that we were going into a very talented group um, and it just needed a, a little bit of something. We didn't know exactly what it was until we got our, our hands on, on the group and, and were able to kind of see what it was. And I think a lot of it was just organization, um, changing a bit of style um, and getting in some pieces that, that the, that the, the team was missing. I mean, we were very successful with transfers um, mm-hmm. just the, and the quality of transfers that we were able to get in such a short period of time. Um but, you know, Kidani did a fantastic job of building a vision. And then um, not only from how we wanted us to play, but also how we wanted the culture um, and how he wanted the group to be successful. And then it was Jason and I's job to execute the details of that vision. And um, I think it, it all came together. Um, I think us as a staff, once we got in and started seeing it, we felt like it was something we could do pretty quickly. Um, but it, it was impressive how quick of a turnaround we were able to take a group, um, you know, that was not having success in the league, not having success nationally and, and be able to put them in a position to have that success. And, you know, we, we got lucky along the way. And I think that that's all part of it as well. Um, seriously though, how, I, you know, I know you well enough to know how organized you are. How did you handle Kadani and Jason in the office organizationally? And we let, let's be clear: College Soccer Nation loves Kadani and Jason. We yes. know them both very well. But that's a, that's impressive. And I know Sammy's going through it now. Well, that's but. like I, he said when I was leaving. It was like, okay, what do we have to do? I said, you have to find somebody that's able to work with the two of you. So as long as you find that, you guys will yes. be successful. Yes. Um, it honestly is like you're just ideas are flowing and. Mm. You're just having to take a few things and put them into something that makes sense to everybody else. Um, it, it was a, a process that evolved over the years that I worked with them, but it, it seemed to work. It seemed to work out. Yes, definitely. definitely. Sure. Hey, tell me about uh, about UNLV. I, I, I got to believe that, uh, first of all, I could never be the coach at UNLV because I would be broke. I'd spend my whole time in a casino at the craps table. And like, so I, I could never do that. Um, but that has to be a bit of a challenging environment, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're right there by the strip and there's all kinds of distractions and all kinds of things going on. Yeah. I, you know, that was always the question, right? Like recruiting, like how, like, how are you going through the process? And I think that that was the the biggest thing was like the recruiting part was really important. You just had to ask like the right questions as, as far as, you know, really, why are you coming? Like, why are you coming here? Like what, what's the driving force? And um, I mean, our backdrop to the, to one end of the field is, is the strip. It's, it's beautiful and it's awesome, Mm -hmm. but it is one of those places that, um, you know, if somebody's going to come that has some, uh, kind of inkling to go in that direction. It definitely is more obtainable than in some other areas of the country. <laughs> um, 
but I think it was just really in the recruiting process. Um, some of the best conversations were actually were with parents where they're like, now you actually don't need us on the visit, right? We can literally <laughs> drop off our kid and we'll be back in 48 hours. And it was like, no, you don't need to be with us. We'll see you in a little bit. Um, but no, the, I mean, really the recruiting process. And I think, you know, if a, if a, a young woman or a young man in college is going to find trouble. They'll find, they'll find yeah. trouble. So mm-hmm. you just have yeah. to do your due diligence on the front end. That's good. Um, okay. So obviously we, we, we leave you on LV. We go to Washington state, do well there, go to, go to USC, you win national championship. And now we head up to, to Michigan, which is a, a great pro, you know, great university, great program, great athletic department, all those kind of things. So you go into Michigan, and, and again, Jen, we've had, you know, to, to be clear, Jen and I are on a committee together with the NCAA, and we've had a lot of these talks uh, about team chemistry and culture. So obviously it's been 11 years since I've taken over, took over here at Ole Miss, and it's been a while since Chris took over at the, at uh, SMU. But so tell us about taking over a program and, and, and you know, changing the culture to what you want it to be and the team chemistry, what you want to be. How difficult was that, and, and how is it going? Well, I would say I I walked into a situation at Michigan where they were craving, I think, a team culture and a team identity. Um, And also Michigan as a whole university and athletic department already has its own uh, culture and identity. Um, And so that part allowed for a framework. And then we just had to kind of build off of that framework that made it more unique to Michigan women's soccer. So I think from the standpoint of trying to come in and, and implementing it, uh, the team was craving it. So it made it a lot easier. Um, and then it was, you know, identifying what us as a a coaching staff really wanted as far as our team and program culture, but then also allowing a space for the players to contribute to what they wanted it to be. So building on the framework that Michigan already had, adding a framework from the coaches and then letting the players um, add their um, own thoughts and ideas and continue to help it build um, has really been uh, successful. But, you know, going in, um, asking the them what they wanted and, and getting their feedback, I think allowed for us to, as a coaching staff had buy-in really early and then taking their ideas and working it into what we, what we knew we wanted to do. So how, how, I mean, obviously, Michigan's so successful in, in so many sports. How is that? Talk, talk us a little bit about that culture, the Michigan culture, like you talked about. What, what's and obviously, huge football um, and, and huge basketball, and and you know, you wanted to me, you're one of the sports, one of the schools that really through history have been really good at both those sports. You can't say that in a lot of places. So, what's that like? I would say for for women's soccer, they, they wanted to, to feel like they were not the same. Cause we haven't, we haven't quite won at the level that those sports have won. Sure. Um, but they wanted to, to do something where they felt like, Hey, we're, we belong here just as much as those other athletes. Cause there's a lot of really unbelievable athletes and programs that have been very, very successful. Um, and I think we're starting to make those strides um, within, you know, the three years, uh, two seasons that we've had. Um, but it also, there's a framework, there's a foundation, there's support for that success. You look at it and it's like, okay, softball can do it. Great. You know, what, yeah. what have they, what have they done that allowed for them to do it? Um, you know, uh, just in the women's sports field hockey, obviously um, men's basketball. Um, and what's also great about Michigan is the coaches are very accessible. I mean, arriving to Michigan and he is no longer here, but coach Beeline, the head coach for men's basketball reached out to me before I ever got a chance to, I mean, Mm. sent me a text, welcome coach. If you need anything, let me know. He was more than willing to speak to our team about experiences. Um, Same thing with um, Michigan softball. They've won a national championship coach Hutch. She was in my office probably the second week I was here, sat down. Mm. What do you need? Um, And so that part has been great. And they're there also for our, our players. And so you say, mm-hmm. you know, I talked with coach Hutch and they're like, okay, that's, you know, that's a program that has success. So I think um, everybody wants everybody to be successful and everyone wants to help. And I think that that's been 
um, a great experience for me, but also our players. It is one of the, uh, one of the great universities in the country. I mean, you know, from back from my days at Notre Dame and, and, you know, playing there and playing every year, you know, it was, it was such a rivalry and I think continues to be a, a rivalry in all sports, but, um, it is certainly one of the great universities in the country. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not really just talking about on the athletic side. I mean, academically it was a great place. So, um, you're, you got a pretty good gig right now. As my, as my dad says, you have a really big job. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I know you don't have to tell me how big you got like a really big job. That's great. Yeah. That's great. What about, uh, I know you've done some work in a national team program. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what you've done there. And, and also, is there a future for you in, in the national team program? Yeah. I mean, I, I've been really fortunate that, um, got into work with, uh, the U19s and U20s. Um, uh, it's been a couple of years now, but, um, it was a great experience. I mean, just the differences from college to the international game with substitution and, and it being, you know, tactical and the preparation and camps and everything. I felt like, uh, it challenged me in, in different ways, coaching wise, and, and made me think of, you know, different, um, different ways to look at the game, but, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's great working with that caliber of, of player, uh, you know, within our college programs, just, you don't typically have that depth within your, within your pool of, of a team. And so you get an opportunity where every player is is good. And, um, I got an opportunity to go to, with, uh, to La Manga, which is a great event, um, to prepare and, and just see what the other countries are doing. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I would love to continue or to get back involved with our, our youth national teams and, and you know, go, go through it. But, um, yeah, it, uh, it, you have an opportunity, and I know it, it's, it's difficult to get that, like, experience, but it definitely, I think, is a great experience for us within the college game to help our players that, you know, want to aspire to that next level and, to give them that dose of reality of what it takes to get there, but also that uh, nice little thing that they're really not that far off. It's the, mm-hmm. the margins to get from good to great is not that big, but they're, it's still, they got to sure. do the work to get there. Yeah. And it's different, right? I mean, it's, right. it's different. And I always, you know, used to have to sort of remind myself coming back into my college team that I can't coach my college team the same way right. I coach my national team, right? They're, they're different, you know, and right. uh, different challenges and, and yeah. different environments. All right, Jen. So um, one of the reasons, like I said, at the beginning, we wanted to bring you on is we've been kind of waiting until to get reached out to some of the coaches in the leagues that haven't played yet. Um, and obviously the big 10 is, the last of the power five to figure out what they're doing, I think. But so, so tell us where, where is the big 10 at? What do you think? And, uh, and really, you know, again, Chris is in Dallas. I'm in, in Mississippi. When we talked to Brian, he's in Texas as well. Like what's going on in the North? It's kind of like, do you watch Game of Thrones? I feel like, yes. what are they doing, it? What are they doing yeah. in the North? Winter is coming. We've been <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, exactly. preparing, trying to get down South so that we can actually do some stuff. But, um, yeah, we are still waiting on it on a schedule. Um, the target start date for us would be February 19th. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be a conference only uh, schedule and then have conference tournament and then uh, obviously the NCAA tournament. Um, it's been a process. I think, you know, early on in the fall, we we had a lot of hotbeds that I think threw a lot of stuff up off with Rutgers being so close to New York. And, and at that time, Michigan was a real hotbed and mm-hmm. now we're transitioning. Hotbeds are getting a little bit different. Um, but I think just geographically, it's a challenge trying to put our schedule together, not only due to, to weather, but also uh, some of the things they're trying to work with when it comes to travel and, you know, trying to bus more than, than fly. And so I just think it, it's adding a, a bit more complexity to putting a, a schedule together. And the Big Ten is very committed to the, the health and safety of, of all the student athletes. And so some of their parameters, is, it just adds for a bit more um, 
challenge when putting a schedule together. So yeah. Yeah. How many games will you play, Jen? Yeah. So I believe we're going to play it's 11 games and then we're trying to do ideally the coaches, we would like to do almost a, a regional weekend prior to our semifinal and final of the big 10 tournament. Um, so that would put us at 13 games total uh, for the season. If you, you count the conference tournament. So do you have, uh, you will have some, Oh, go ahead, Chris, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, do you have like makeup weeks in there? Um, so we have a couple so- of singles, no makeup weeks built in. Mm-hmm. A lot of that changed when they pushed our start date state back. I mean, sure. the NCAA first start date is February 3rd, uh, but they, they, you know, they pushed us back. Um, so it, it, it is now condensed it even more, which takes away some of those for uh, weekends that originally we had talked about making sure we had in. And is it, you're going to play more than one game a week, obviously. Are you going to play like a Friday, Sunday, or do you know yet? Yeah, so we'll, our rhythm, we have some single game weeks built in. Um, we have some some double games. Um, the, ideal, the ideal, it would be great to play uh, on the doubles to play Thursday, Sunday. Um, so, and then the single game can be played Monday through Sunday, depending on availability and what their sports are, are going on in the um, – on campuses. I mean, that's the other thing with the big 10 is that every sport is playing yeah. right now, um, except football. So on some campuses, that's close to depending on how many sports that's close to 30 sports that, that are yeah. all starting competition at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, and whether you, you were talking, I guess, before we got on about, you know, having to go indoor and things like that. Like what, what, yeah. kind of, what kind of issues or what kind of plans are there for that? Yeah. So it's, you know, who on campus has a, has a indoor facility on campus that could, you know, house a, a, a soccer game. And then if you're <laughs> not, you know, do you have a, a space that turf so you could do it, but also then, um, you know, a space off a of campus that would allow for you to host a game indoors. And um, that's what, you know, for us, that's what we're looking to do is utilize some off-campus uh, indoor facilities to allow for us to, to play the games indoors because um, the players running around probably wouldn't mind, but us coaches that have to stand there um, would like to be indoors. <laughs> it's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be cold. So, you know, our friend Chad from Western Carolina, Todd yeah. almost told me today, he sent him a, a picture and said, uh, welcome to the first day of training. His field was covered with snow. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty crazy it's gonna be wild and there's no doubt about it well yep. listen uh jen take a few minutes and uh and we would like to do this with all, all of our guests is just you know just talk a little bit about uh, michigan and you know you haven't been there real long but you're doing a great job but how, how a special place it is to you yeah it's um you know i i think i always preface this with that i was at a really good spot with good people and we were doing great things but knew that i wanted to at some point go back and, and be a head coach and um, I was in a position that I could be pretty picky about where mm-hmm. I wanted to try try to go. And, and when Michigan opened up, um, that was definitely one that I thought would be worth leaving where I was. And it has uh, lived up to all of my expectations. Um, you know, just we talked about it already, the, the university itself and then the athletic department, um, its traditions, it's it's the success that it's had is is just great to be in and around that every day. But our team in the the two seasons that I've had and now going into the the third season, I've been very impressed with the success that we've been able to to have in such the short term. I knew it was a place that we could be successful, but I didn't imagine it uh, happening as quickly. And I think mm-hmm. uh, the credit really goes to the young women within the program. They, they're, they're bought in, they want to be successful. They're very coachable. Um, and so that makes the job easy, right? When you go in and, and they listen and they take what you say and, and they try to apply it every day and, and they, they want to, contribute to the overall Michigan tradition of excellence. They don't want to be that team that didn't do it. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's such a underlying motivator uh, for us to, to continue to build, build the program. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's funny. You said there at the beginning that, you know, you were in a place 
that you really loved working with great people. You didn't want to leave. I was in the exact opposite spot. I was in a place I had to get out working with Chris. You know, I, I had to, I, I just was so fortunate I landed here, but I couldn't wait to get out. No, I'm just kidding. But no, it's so You're true. Welcome. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. Hey, you, uh, no, Jenna, and you know, you're doing a great job there and, and there's no question it's only going to continue to rise. So we really appreciate you coming on College Talk Nation. Yeah, really, really good. So, so, so smooth, Jenny. So smooth. Hey, I so learned smooth. it from. Listen, I learned it from Kidani. You guys know. Him. <laughs> no, he is really smooth. He's that smooth. guy's the king of smooth. He's the yeah. smoothest cat around. So yeah, no I doubt about him it. And if I yeah. can get a little bit of his smoothness, I, I that would be. <laughs> It would be good. Well, hopefully, at some point, I'll see you again on a on an NCAA call. We hope so. Nice, another Just meeting. So yes, it would. Prepare this really tournament nice. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Jen. Appreciate. Thank you, you guys. Out. Really appreciate Thank it, you, Jen. Yeah. Okay, Matt. What's uh, what are we looking forward to this week? What uh, what do we got going on? Well, tomorrow I have COVID testing because we're back at. Oh, I didn't tell you I got the vaccine today. Um, so oh, good. one step closer. Yeah. So get the other one in three weeks, but, but no, but we have team COVID testing, which means the team is back. Uh, we will awesome. test up and then, uh, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully knock on wood, everybody is, uh, is negative and we can start, we start training on, uh, on Wednesday and uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. So we're in eight hours only. So we're not back all the way, all the way, but the players are back and I'm, and this has been the longest break ever. So I'm super excited to see them and, and get back to it. Right. What about you? Yeah, we're we're in the middle of training. I mean, we're three weeks in now, so you know mm-hmm. we're moving forward. We had a uh, a nice scrimmage uh, yesterday, and we learned some things about our team, and <laughs> we'll uh, try to apply some of uh, some of that knowledge into some things we do in training this week, and try to sort some things out. And uh, uh, we'll. We'll play again at the end of the week and mm-hmm. and and probably learn some more about our team at, at that point. But uh, it's a good time right? when you're in and you're yeah. training and with your team. It's you know it's it's what we do. It's it's what we enjoy most. So uh, so how's your sleeping going? You sleeping? You sleeping most nights? So we're getting into season. Um, or it's not too bad. Sleep starts uh, when the games start. Yeah, that's that's the the tough. That's the tough. Yeah, part. you know it's interesting though, Chris. Uh, as you get after close, before. It, not yeah. before. Totally. It's interesting when you get closer and closer, you wake up and your mind just starts racing. Right. And being able to figure out yeah, how to slow that down sure. is, is tricky. Yeah. There's so many, you know, there's so many things that you want to get through. And, mm-hmm. but I will say that, um, you know, this extended preseason basically since August for us, yeah. we've been able to cover a lot of things, you know, and our team is yeah, much, yeah. much warm right now than we've ever been, you know, before a season has started. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. It's, I'm looking forward to this one. I, I, I do worry for the first time um, that we are close on. Uh, we may we may have some of these similar ones because I know we like some of the similar shows and movies and that stuff. But Power 5 this week is top five actors kind of of all time. Or, or again, our own personal list that we feel like this is our, what we think is the best five, not what yeah. Rolling Stone says or That's Googling right. top five actors. Ones. Like you do. Yes. Yeah, favorite yeah. ones. All right, let's go. You go to number five. Hit it. My number five is Denzel Washington. <laughs> right? So is mine. My number is five really? is Denzel. Yes. What's your yes. favorite Denzel Washington movie? You know, there's a number, but my favorite is Man on Fire. It's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one's out. We're even. Okay. <laughs> I really, I really like that movie. Though. That's a good movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. That's good. Kiersey. All right, number four. Then Chris, you're number four. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Ah, uh, great. Love him. What's your favorite movie from him? Well, I, you know, it's, it's hard because he does all kinds of different ones, right? But probably one flew over the cuckoo's nest has to be mm-hmm. his best mm-hmm. performance for sure. I liked a few good men. I know you like that. You know, it was good. Uh, the Shining. Oh, God. Shining. Yeah, crazy. And even like Anger Management, right? What he did with with Adam yeah. Sandler was, was yeah. quite good. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, that's funny. All right, my number four. And by the way, there's one of these on here. If you don't have them on, then I'm calling BS on your list if you don't have him in your top five. And we'll get that to him. We'll see if he's on. No, no, again, it's my, my number, favorite, so I don't have to have yeah, your, yours if, on. If you don't, no, if you don't have him on there for you, then I know the list yeah. is BS. Anyway, my number four, Dustin Hoffman. 
Yeah. One of the best performances uh, 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 all time in Rain Man. Yeah, it's, my, Rain it's, Man it's great. top two or three movies. How can you? I mean, that's as good an acting job as as there can be. I mean, it's an amazing I, I movie. Very good. Amazing. A, very good. I I, yeah. I I don't. It's not on my list, but he would be. Yeah. He would be very much in my top ten. I will tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great actor. All right. Number three for you. Clint Eastwood. Uh huh. He he was I mean, the westerns he, that they did right. Yeah. He's awesome. I would I would have him in my top five, but he couldn't fit. He was probably number yeah. six. Probably number six. I had, uh, like Escape from Alcatraz, Dirty Oh, Harry. it's a great movie. Escape from Alcatraz mm-hmm. is so underrated. That's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. And recently, Love Brian Torino, the one that he did. Yes, right. it was. It was good. What's the one he just came? I just saw the one that came out where it's like the drug smell, the mule. The mule, did oh, you the see mule, that? the mule, that was quite good. That's yeah. good too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at his age. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My number three. You, you, I, I have a feeling you have him on here somewhere. Al Pacino. I do have him. Yeah, I think you'd have to. I do. Yeah, obviously. I, I do have him. Godfather. Yeah. Right? I mean, how can you not? He's you want to know where I have him? Should I tell you where I have him? Yeah, I'm number one, don't you? I have him number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, the guy, he's fantastic, right? He is. Godfather. Dog Day Afternoon was a great one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right? So the the interesting... Oh, God, Son of a Woman. I like, God, that's one of my favorite movies. And maybe I should have moved him up. But let me say this. Have you ever watched any interviews with him? No, he's out no. there, man. He He's out yeah. there. He's yeah. He is out there. He's a different cat. All right, yeah. your number, th- oh, that was your number three. He was Clint Eastwood. All right, your number two. Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I didn't make my list, Rachel but he's Gold, very good. Godfather 2, Goodfellas, Cape Fear mm-hmm. was a good one. Oh, uh, Cape Fear. God, that's crazy. Meet the, meet the Parents. Which yeah, is a he's, great he's great in that. He's great in that, yeah. All right, love so that, my number, it. my number, so so you didn't hit the one that tells me your list is BS, but I'll get to that in a minute. My number two, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, so. Boy, Shawshank. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. I don't, I, I honestly don't think he's as good as the five that I named, but I think he's good. I think he's good. He's fantastic. And he's from Mississippi. He comes to the Ole Miss football, basketball games. He, you know, that doesn't make him a good actor, Matt. No, it doesn't. It that doesn't. But I, I like him. I like him. It's my list. Yeah, I like him. I like him. All right. So you have your number. Who's your number two? Or did we do that? Oh, we did that. So your list is done. That was Robert De Niro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First of all, how do you have a top five actors list and not have Tom Hanks? Oh, come on. Come on. You can are you I jumped the shark on Tom Hanks. I mean, he's you good. He's got good. to be kidding me, Chris. No. You have got to be kidding me. It's just too mainstream. You're so mainstream. Oh, That's yeah. one. Wait, you got that one off of Rolling Stone. That's one. No, you I totally didn't either. No, I love Tom. I love Tom Hanks. You ever seen, uh, it's, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the movie where he's, uh, it, this is my shit. My, you can't I'm even the name captain a movie. Now. I'm the captain now. What's that movie? <laughs> yeah, you movie. can't even name a movie. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I can't name a movie. You can name a hundred. Oh, hold on. But this is why your list is bullcrap. Where's Mike Myers, Mr. Austin Powers? You love your Austin Powers. Austin oh, Powers. I love Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. I love Austin Powers. Why wouldn't you have Mike Myers? Because he doesn't terrible, compare to the people that I does You can't tell me Tom Hanks doesn't fit in that list with Denzel Washington. Al Pacino. Those guys are all better. They're all better. Well, we'll let the voters decide. We I think I finally got decide. one. I think I finally got one because I thought for sure you'd have Tom Hanks. No. How can you uh, I mean, again. Uh, no, for the record, you don't like Tom Hanks? Is that what I'm hearing? No, not at all. No. Oh. I think Tom Hanks is fine. Uh, Tom Hanks He's is fine. fine. Yeah. Hey, Tom Hanks is, is let fine. me just say this real quick. I know we got to end, but the word fine, I hate the word fine. I tell myself, don't say fine. That tells me nothing. Is it good? Is it bad? Fine. That, that tells me nothing. Something that would be fine. In, I would have Dustin Hoffman in my top 10, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I – I might have Tom Hanks around 10, somewhere around Wow. There. Strong words, voters, strong words. Well, he doesn't yeah, like it Tom does, Hanks. It doesn't matter. It's only your five that matter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh, let's take it out with uh, – I changed it a little bit, the cliches this week. I'm going with Matt's coach's quotes. That I like or find funny, and uh, this one I bring to you this week is, you play to win the games. You know who said that, Chris? Um, well, I do because you told me before we started. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Herm Edwards. 
Herm Edwards, you play yeah, win good. the games. Yeah, it's a good quote. Good. I like it. That's good. All right. It's that time. Uh, I thought Jen was great. Um, Brian was good as normal. Um, yeah. Want to thank yeah. our producer, DJ Productions, and Darren Mott. A really fun show. It was Great a show. Start off so with a lot of looking forward then. to see how you're going to end it. Yeah. So, so anyway, please download us. Give us five stars. We're loving doing this. It's been uh, We're closing in on 4,000 downloads. And um, please, if you're an intern and you want to join the show, certainly um, email us. But otherwise, anywhere you can find us, download us. CSN out. Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.